This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're going to talk about Shimshon Samson, the famous uh, judge of Israel, also a strong man of Israel, very unusual for, you know, Jews are not known for their strength, even though the Midrashim talk about the brothers of Yosef being very tough. Well, here we have uh, one of the most famous uh, strong men of Israel. In fact, he's a kind of superman we're going to see. Shimshon, Samson, the word Shimshon comes from an interesting comes the word Shemesh. Shimshon was like the sun in the respect that we're going to talk about how he resembled God in a sense that he was he could take on the world and handle the world by himself. And we're going to talk a bit about that. And we're going to talk about Delilah, Delilah. And Delilah means uh, literally it means to, um, to weaken. And we're going to talk about that as well, but it also maybe connects to the word Laila. So he was the sun. And she was the night. She put him out. She put his flame out. She, she was the antidote to Shimshon's strength, like a kryptonite. She was his kryptonite. If he was Superman, she was his kryptonite. Delilah, Delilah. We're going to talk about her. And those are the most famous uh, people people talk, think about when they talk about Samson. Samson, Delilah. That's a famous. Um, but there's other important people in his life. His parents. And his father's name is Manoach. And his mother's name is not mentioned in the Torah, but it's mentioned in the Talmud. And we're going to talk about that as well. So let's uh, just talk about this. So the Torah ends off, uh, starts off in Shoftim. We're in chapter 13 of the Judges. And here, it's, this is also the Haftarah of Parshat Nassau, where it talks about the Jewish people were doing evil in the eyes of God. How long? And Hashem put them into the hands of the Philistines, the Pelishtim. The Pelish, this is the Pelishtim of old, not the Pelishtim of new. These are the Philistines, which uh, Rome named Palestine after. So Philistines, Palestine. And these Palestinians that came along generations later, thousands of years later, they called themselves the Palestinians. But these are the original Palestinians, the Philistines, who lived on the coast of Israel. They lived on the coast of Israel. Uh, they had five cities five cities, uh, of which today we know Ashkelon, Ashdod, and Gaza. Okay, those are the three most famous cities. So Baruch Hashem, today we have Ashkelon and Ashdod, but Gaza is in the hands of the modern Philistines, the Palestinians. They're the modern Philistines. They're the same trouble we had with the Philistines. We're having trouble with their, uh, their namesake. Though they're not complete. They're not related at all, at all. Okay, we are moving on. So the children of Israel did evil in the eyes of God. Hashem delivered them to the hands of the Philistines, the Pelishtim, for 40 years. 40 years they were under the Pelishtim. That's interesting. We talked about before the cycle in the book of Judges. Uh, they would sin. Hashem would deliver them to the hands of the enemies. And then they would cry out to God and do teshuva. What's missing in this story is they never cried out to God. So it's interesting. They sinned. Hashem delivered them to the hands of enemies. Doesn't say they cried out to God. And maybe that's why Hashem sent one man as opposed to a regular judge. We're going to talk about what is a regular judge? What are the mission of the regular judges? We've, we talked about some of the judges already. Their mission was to unite uh, the Jewish people or the local Jewish people against the foe and fight them and make an army. Well, we don't find Samson making an army. He was a single man army. He fought the war by himself. He got rid of the Philistines for us. We're going to see for 20 years apiece. And uh, he was the judge for 20 years. 
and there was peace 20 years after he died. And the reason was that he killed most of the leadership when he knocked down their temple, which we're going to talk about. So Shimshon Samson was a very unusual judge. We're going to talk about that. He was, he was one of the few Shoftim who did everything by himself. In fact, he was the only one. He was unique in the category of Shoftim. He did everything himself. He wasn't popular with the people so much. We find that the, the inhabitants of Judah handed him over to the Philistines. They tied him up. They handed him over to the Philistines. And yet, uh, single-handedly, he did more damage to the Philistines than whole armies could do later on. Uh, time of Saul, time of Samuel, um, until King David came along and dealt them a blow. So Samson was a single, if you have a single guy in your army, that's the guy to choose, Samson. So let's talk about Samson. So his father, so number one is his mother was barren. Now this seems to be a theme right through the Torah of women who are barren, she couldn't have children. And uh, she gets a message from an angel, which means she was on a very high level. So, so uh, we said that uh, his father's name was Manoach, and he was from a, a town called Sira'ah, which is in uh, the tribe of Dan, which was just right next to, to Beit Shemesh. We've been to Beit Shemesh. Beit Shemesh is pretty much associated with Samson. That was his stamping ground. That was his stomping ground, Beit Shemesh. And there's places around there named after Samson and his parents, both his mother and his father. So uh, he was in Shevet Dan, from the tribe of Dan. And his mother's name is not mentioned. mentioned. However, the Talmud in Baba Batra mentions a very strange name, Hatzlel Poni. Hatzlel Poni. Her name was Hatzlel Poni. This is the one in Baba Batra, uh, 91a. And she was from the tribe of Judah. So uh, interesting. So he was from the tribe of Dan. She was from the tribe of Judah. Manoach and Hatzlel Poni. And uh, what happens is the angel of God appears to her. The Talmud says that she was on a much higher level than her husband. She could see the angel. The husband could not see the angel. She saw the angel. The angel appears to her. She's on a much higher spiritual level, we're going to see. And uh, there's a certain man of, of Sirah, a family of Dan, his name is Manor. I'm just reading for you the, what the text says. His wife was barren, not given birth. An angel of God appeared to the woman and said to her, you are barren, not given birth. You shall conceive and give birth to a son. And now she has very special instructions. We don't find this anywhere else in the Torah, where a woman has special instructions when she is pregnant. Be careful not to drink wine, not to eat anything contaminated, which is anything which is tamay. For you shall conceive and give birth to a son. You will not put a raise on his head, you can't cut his hair. The boy will be a Nazir. Now it's interesting, this is a Nazir, not a uh, Nazarene. It's a Nazir, it's a Nazarite, as opposed to a Nazarene. So what's a Nazarene, what's a Nazarite? A Nazarene is someone who's born in the town of Nazareth. Nazareth, they couldn't pronounce the study, they put it, they made a Zion, a Z. So Nazarene is from the town of Nazareth. They say he was from the town of Nazareth. Whereas Shimshon was not from the town of Nazareth. He was not a, uh, a Nazarene. He was a Nazarite, which means he had to keep the laws of a Nazir. What is the laws of a Nazir? Basically three things. Number one is not allowed to cut his hair. Number two is not allowed to drink wine or any great, great product. Number three is not allowed to make himself defiled like a Kohen. Can't go to the cemetery. And so the, the woman, this woman, uh, Tzalaponi, had a specific instructions 
when she was pregnant, not to become defiled, not to uh, drink wine or spirits. And this boy, when he's after he's born, can have a haircut and cannot drink wine or great products and cannot be defiled. So three laws of a Nazarite. So very careful to find a difference between a Nazarite and a Nazarite. Okay? Nazarite is a Jewish concept. A Nazarite is a person from Nazareth, Nazareth in Hebrew, uh, which is usually identified as JC. Okay, to be completely two different things. So she's going to conceive, give birth to a child, and the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb. And he will save Israel from the Philistines. So here, from before birth, he already has a mission. This boy is going to be born. He's a special child, needs special regulations, and he single-handedly is going to deliver the Jewish people from the hand of the Philistines. So what happens? The woman tells her husband, Manoah, she said, a man of God came to me, and his appearance was like an angel. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he told me, I'm going to conceive and give birth to a son. And don't drink wine, do not eat anything contaminated, for this boy will be a Nazarite from the day of his birth. So this, this is a very special instructions. So Manoach prayed to Hashem and said, please, Hashem, may the man of God who is sent come now again to us and teach us what we should do with the boy who is to be born. So now he is pleading with Hashem. I want this message as well. Please send me the angel again. He didn't really trust his wife's judgment. Maybe he thought she was dreaming. And he wanted to see this firsthand. So what happens is Hashem heard the call of Manoach. The angel of God came against the woman when she was sitting in the field. And again, the angel appears to her, not to him. And she runs. She tells her husband, the angel is here. Please come. So Manoach arose, went after his wife. The rabbis say he was an Amaretz. He followed his wife's, uh, uh, instead of being running ahead and going ahead of his wife, he followed his wife. He was ignorant. She was more learned than him. We're going to see how she was more learned than him, as we see already. The angel appeared to her and not him. She was on a much higher spiritual level, much more knowledgeable than her, uh, sorry, than him. And uh, so she ran. She told her husband, Manoach rose, went after his wife. He came to the man and he said, are you the man? Now, he, doesn't, he addresses the angel as the man. Are you the man who spoke to, the, to my wife? And she said, I am. Now, may your words come true. What should be the conduct of the boy and his behavior? This is very interesting. Uh, so Hashem, the angel repeats the previous instructions that um, everything I spoke to the woman, you should beware. She cannot eat or drink any product of the grape. And she should observe everything I told you. So Manoah tells the angel, this again, you see his ignorance. Can we prepare a meal for you? Just wait here, we'll prepare a meal for you. And the angel says, and, and also he says, what is your name? So the angel of Hashem said, why do you ask for my name? It is hidden. Manoah took the goat and the meal offering and he brought them up to the rock of Hashem and the angel performed a miracle. As Manoah and his wife watched, it happened a flame rose from the altar to heavens and the angel of God went up in the flame. This is wild. Imagine, this is a miracle. They see in front of their eyes. They know now it's, a, it's an angel. They have a message from God. Manoach, we see his ignorance again. He tells his wife, he says, we've seen the angel of God. We're going to die. And his wife says, the angel of God appeared to us. He didn't appear to us to kill us. He appeared to us to give us a message, a very good message. We're going to have children. So we had a child and she had a child. 
And that's the first episode of the book about Samson, Shimshon, is the pre-birth. We have message pre-birth, Shimshon, there's a, there's a nevoah, there's prophecy, an angel comes and tells him about this boy, he's going to deliver the Jewish people from the Philistines. We move on to chapter 14, and then we come to Samson is grown up. We have no record of his, of his childhood. He grows up and he goes to a place called Timnat. Now it's interesting, there's a big discussion in the Gemara. We know that Yehuda went to Timnat and he had relations with his uh, former daughter, uh, daughter-in-law, uh, Tamar, and she became pregnant. So that there's a big debate in Gemara, was this the same location, Timnat and Timnat, are they the same location? There's two opinions. One opinion says it is, one opinion says it's not. Let's go by the opinion that says it's the same location. Over here it says that Samson went down to Timnat, and over there it says Yudah went up to Timnat. So what's going on? So the Gemara says it's to be understood, not literally, figuratively. Um, Yudah goes up to Timnat because he's involved in a mitzvah, and Samson is going down to Timnat, spiritually down, because he's involved in an Avera. What's his Avera? So there's a big discussion, what was in Avera, not Avera, was it a sin, not a sin? Samson goes down to Timnat, he sees a woman of the daughters of the Philistines. He went up and he told his father and mother and said, I've seen a woman in Timnat, of the Philistine women, take her for me as a wife. Wow, this is a shock. Here is this promised boy who's going to save the Jewish people, going to intermarry, going to intermarry. I want to marry this girl from the Philistines. And look, her father and mother, this is a repetition of Jewish history, all the simulations that come about. His father and mother said to him, is, this, is there no woman among the daughters of your brothers? And all my people, you should go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, take her for me. I want to marry her. She's fitting in my eyes. The key word over here is in my eyes. We're going to talk about that. His father and mother didn't know it's from God. This, this, is, this whole episode is from God. But Samson was seeking a pretext against the Philistines. Samson wants to attack the Philistines. Samson is looking for an, a reason to attack the Philistines. And he's trying to make trouble with the Philistines through this girl. He's going to make a lot of trouble. We're going to see how much trouble. So Samson, his father and mother descended to Timnat. And now we come to the first episode that shows Samson's strength. Maybe we don't know, no one knows about his strength. Maybe he himself did not know about his strength. There's a young lion roaring towards him and the spirit of God came over him and he rips it apart with his bare hands and he did not tell his father and mother. So this is the first episode of Samson's might. Superman came through, but it says over here, it wasn't a natural ability. It says Hashem blessed him. Hashem came over him. He had the spirit of God to be able to do this. He went down and spoke with a woman and she was fitting in the eyes of Samson. He ter- returned after some time to marry her. The rabbis say he did convert her. This first wife was converted. Otherwise, he couldn't marry her. He did marry her according to the laws of Moses and Israel. The, the Umar also says in a different place, he married her, but it was a quickie conversion. It was not proper conversion. Therefore, the rabbis did not like this. Um, but he did it deliberately because Hashem wanted him to make mischief. That's what the Torah says. Hashem wanted to make mischief for the Philistines. This is just a vehicle he's using to make mischief for the Philistines. And he, was, he turned aside. He came back to marry her. He turns aside and sees the fallen carcass of the lion which he had left behind. And behold, a swarm of bees was in the lion and they made honey in the lion. 
he scraped it into his hands and he went walking and eating. He went to his father and mother and gave them the honey. And uh, which is interesting, which we're going to see why is this relevant to the story. His father went down to the woman and Samson made a feast there. That was his wedding feast. And it happened when the woman said to her father, and they made a party with 30 companions. And Samson said to them, let's make a riddle. If you tell me a solution during seven days of feasting, which seems like he's having Shevrachot with his wife, and you solve this riddle, I'll give you 30 sheets and 30 changes of clothing. If you cannot tell me the answer to this riddle in seven days, then you will give me 30 sheets and 30 changes of clothing. So he said, okay, give us the riddle. He said to them, from the eater came forth food, and from the strong came forth sweetness. And he didn't tell them the answer. They couldn't tell him the answer for three days. And it was Shabbat. And they said to Samson's wife, please entice your husband to tell you the answer to the riddle. Otherwise, we'll burn you and your father's house with fire. In other words, we're going to lose 30 clothes. Uh, we have to realize that a suit of clothes was one month's rent. It was more than one month's rent in those days. It was a, a tremendously labor-intensive um, uh, thing to make clothing. So it's, it was more than one month's rent. Imagine you pay one month's rent for a suit of clothing. Today, we're very lucky. You just go to the store, pick it off the shelf. If it fits, it fits. Otherwise, you author it. Author it. Um, but in those days, it was one month's rent to pay for one suit of clothing. So 30 suits of clothing. That's, uh, he said, you're going to impoverish us. You didn't invite us to the party to impoverish us. Find out the answer from Samson. Otherwise, we're going to burn you and your father. Boy. So Samson's wife cries next to him and said, you hate me. You don't love me. You pose the riddle to the sons of my people. You don't tell me the solution. So he told her, listen, I didn't tell my father and my mother the solution of the riddle. Why should I tell you? So again, she cried for the remainder of the seven days. And on the seventh day, he gave in and he gave her the answer to the riddle. We see that Samson always gets unstuck by his relationships with these women. They were not trustworthy. They were not dependable. And uh, so she distressed him. He told the solution to the riddle. She tells the men of the city the solution to the riddle. And they come back and they tell him the answer. This is the lion that you killed. And in the lion, the honey came forth from the bees. And so from the murderer, from the killer, came forth food. That's the answer to the riddle. So he told them, um, had you not plowed with my calf, in other words, if you had not solved, you had not gone to my wife, you would, know, you would not know the solution. So he goes to Ashkelon, Ashkelon, we said one of the Philistine cities, and he knocks down 30 Philistines, takes their clothes, and their uh, sheets, and he gives it to the Philistines in payment of his debt. So again, we're seeing how he's making trouble, using this relationship, make trouble with the Philistines. So what happens? In the meantime, so what happens? He goes back, and he goes back to his father's house. He's very angry with his wife. In the meantime, his wife's father had given her to another man. His wife's father probably didn't, didn't like his son-in-law either, and therefore he gave her to another man. And uh, when he found out, he remembered his wife. He gave her, sent her a, a, a goat, but her father would not let him enter the house. Wow, 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 wow. So the father said, I thought you hate her. I gave her over to your companion. If you want, you can marry her younger sister. Now, this is a terrible thing to do. Give someone else's wife away. And uh, this is like, 
Lavan, in a sense, you know, tricks uh, Yaakov here. The father-in-law doesn't say who he is. He's a Philistine man. Father-in-law of this girl doesn't say her name. She was from Timnat. And he tricks Samson. He gives her away to someone else. He says, okay, if you want to marry her younger sister. Samson says, this time I will do evil to the Philistine. Again, this was all a pretense to get back to the Philistines. The Philistines. So what happens? He catches 300 foxes. This is a weird story. 300 foxes. He ties fire to their tails. Ties the torches to their tails. And the foxes go off to the grain fields of the Philistines and they burn, they burn all their grain stacks, all their wheat, all their grain is burnt. And the Philistines say, who did this? And the other said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he took his wife and he gave her to his companion. The Philistines went and they burnt down the house of this man and his daughter. And uh, that's it. So the angel again comes back to Manoah. No, sorry. And uh, so Samson goes and he struck the, the Philistines a great blow. And uh, he goes and hides in a, in, a, in, a, in a cave. The Philistines go with all their army to Judah, spreading out. And uh, the Judites say, you know, why have you come with your army? What do you, what do you want? And they say, want this man. Arrest this man, Samson, and give him to us. Want to get back at him for his causing us uh, all these uh, disasters. So Samson hears that the, the army is here. He tells the Israelites, he says, give me to the Philistines. Tie me up, give me to the Philistines. And you don't have to worry about it. I'm going to look after this myself. So as long as you swear that you will not harm me. In other words, the only people I fear is my own people. If they kill me, they can kill me. But the Philistines, I'll, I'll smash them. Don't worry about it. So we will arrest you. We'll give them over to you. The Philistines we will not put you to death. They tied him up. 3,000 men come and they take him to the Philistines. And when he sees the Philistines, he breaks the, the bonds very easily like they were melted. And he takes the jawbone of an ass and he knocks down a 1,000 Philistines. And he, again, he became very thirsty. And he prays to God. And Hashem gives water from the jawbone of the ass and he drinks the water and uh, that's an amazing story now we come that's the first episode the first episode is this girl from Timnat who he marries this Philistine girl who converted and married now they come to the second story second story again involves a woman Samson went to Gaza and he sees over there Isha Zona now this Isha Zona can be understood in two different ways um, this Isha Zona is also used in the story of Joshua and Rahab, who is from Jericho. Uh, she was called a Zona. Rashi says an innkeeper, but also she can also be a prostitute. So this innkeeper, prostitute slash prostitute, uh, we don't know who it was exactly. And he, and he consorted with her. He had relations with her, that's what it seems. And uh, again, the Gaza was a Philistine country, it still is. Uh, the new Philistines, and they told the Gazites, you know, Samson is here, the word gets out, Samson is in our city, he's here in us, and they went around, and they lay in wait for him all night at the city gate, because they're, they're going to catch him on the way out, because that night they would lock the gate, no one could come in, no one could go out, and they said, Samson is trapped, we're going to send troops to catch him when he escapes from the city of Gaza. So Samson sleeps until midnight, he gets up at midnight, he goes to the door of the city, 
and he rips out the door with a crossbar with the pillars holding up the door. Imagine he rips out this massive door. The rabbi said it was 60 amot, which is like 80 feet wide, this doorway. He knocks out the doors and the doorway, and not only that, he carries them on his back. This is Superman. This is where we see his supernatural strength of Samson. He carries these doors on his back, these heavy metal doors on his back, 60 amot, 80 feet wide. Uh, sorry, 90 feet wide, and he walks all the way to Hebron, and he drops them off over there. <laughs> Hebron from Gaza is pretty far, it's about 50 miles or so, and you can imagine he walks all the way to from Hebron to Gaza, um, from Gaza to Hebron with these city gates on his back, when the Philistines see him smashing the gate and carrying on his back, they just left him alone. There's no way they can touch this guy, they left him alone, and now they've got to build new gates for their city. Um, he's unstoppable. Okay, that's the second episode of Samson with this woman from, uh, this woman, this strange woman from Gaza. And we come to another story. And it happened after this. He loved the woman from Sorek, from Nahal Sorek, which is interesting because it's a, it's a street today um, in uh, Beit Shemesh, Rabat Beit Shemesh, Nahal Sorek, not far from where my, my sons live. Um, it's one of the main cities in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Aleph. Ramat Sorek, here, yeah, Nachal Sorek, and he met a girl over there from Nachal Sorek, and her name was Delilah, Delilah. Okay, this is the third story regarding women. This is the third episode in the book of Samson, and he loved this woman from Nachal Sorek. Now, it doesn't say he married her. It doesn't say he converted her, which we have, we have to discuss, and the Philistines know about their relationship, and it wasn't monogamous. We're going to see that Thomas says it was not a monogamous relationship, so it's very strange. This whole story, you know, it's one of the strangest stories in the whole Tanakh is the story of Samson. What was he up to? He was a judge of Israel. What was he up to? Mixing around with these women, the strange women, three strange women. The third one, Delilah, Delilah. Uh, the governors of the Philistines went up to her and they said, entice him and find out the secret of his strength. By what means can we overpower him? Each one of you will, each one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So imagine the five lords of the five cities of the Philistines. She's going to get a tremendous amount of money, 5,500 silver coins, tremendous amount of money uh, in those days. Probably still is a tremendous amount of money. Well, maybe not. So the price of silver is not so much today. But in those days, imagine 5,500 silver coins she's going to get to find out the secret of Samson's strength. So now she starts bugging. The letter says to Samson, tell us, tell me what makes your strength so great. How can, how can we catch you? How can they overpower you? He did not tell her that he didn't tell her the secret. He would not tell her the secret. And she kept on pestering him and pestering him. And, and he says, if you buy me with seven wet twines, with seven wet ropes that have been dried, I'll become weak and be like any other man. So the Philistines, they go over the seven ropes. She ties him up. And when he's sleeping, and, when he, and she wakes him up, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And straight away, he smashes the, the ropes and uh, like, uh, like uh, paper. And she tells him, Delilah tells him, you've lied to me. Samson, you lied to me. You mocked me. You told me lies. Tell me now, how can, I, how can, I, how can you lose your, your strength? It's amazing how he was trapped by this woman. He must have realized what she was up to. We see Samson with all his strength. Didn't have 
I don't know, I wouldn't say he didn't have the brains, but this woman captivated him. Delilah captivated him. And we're going to see what the Talmud says about Delilah. So Delilah takes new ropes, she binds them up, and she says, Philistines upon you, Samson. And again, he snapped them off his arms like a thread. And she, again, she tells him, you mocked me, you told me, tell me now, how can you be controlled? So what happened, he says, take the seven locks of my hair. He was a Nazarite, so means he couldn't have a haircut. He must have very long hair. And weave them onto a weaving rod. So again, she fastens his hair with a weaving rod. And she says, the Philistines are on you, Samson. And he woke from his sleep and tore out the peg of the loom and the weaving rod. Again, he tricked her a third time. And she said, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? That makes three times you have mocked me. Third time again, three times you mocked me. Happened after she tormented him with her words every day and pressed him. I'm going to explain what does this mean. She pressed him. He became, he was uh, sick of her already, sick to death of this. All her nagging. So he told her, he said, I've never had a haircut in my life. If you give me a haircut, I would lose my strength. Oy, this is terrible. This is a terrible thing to do. And so, uh, he, he says the name of God of you, and it's a very important part of the story. I'm a Nazarite unto Hashem. When she heard the word Hashem, she said, he's not joking this time. He would never say God's name in vain. So we see the greatness of Samson was, he would never say God's name in vain. And this Delilah realized that if he said God's name, it must be true. Therefore, she knew it's true. So what happens is she tells the governors of the Philistines, they came, they brought money into their hands. She brought the money, they brought the money, 5,500 silver coins. She puts him to sleep on her knees. And the, the barber comes, shaves off his, his hair. And they caught him. This is where they caught him. Terrible story. This is how he was trapped. They catch him. And he did not know that Hashem has departed from him because he broke his promise not to have a haircut. You know, it, was, it wasn't his fault. He should never have told a secret, so it's blamed. He was what? blamed for it. Hashem is not with him. Hashem was not with him anymore. And she says, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And they caught him, and they pulled out his eyes. Terrible. This is a punishment, which was quite common in those days, to gouge out his eyes. They bring him to Gaza. Remember that? They bring him to Gaza. They bind him up in copper uh, manacles. They put him in chains, copper chains. And he's made to grind grain in the prison. Okay. I'm just giving the story very brief. And then we're going to go and discuss it. Um, So he's in the prison. He's grinding grain. Which has deeper meanings. The Talmud says very strange meanings. Very weird meanings. And uh, what happened is. His hair starts growing. Now they didn't pay attention. This is their big error. The Philistines error. They didn't pay attention. That Samson's hair was growing again. And they make a big party, a festival. They've caught their enemy, Samson. Uh, it's interesting. They didn't consider the Jews their enemies. The Jews did not rebel against them. It was a one-man fight against them, the, the Samson. Now, Samson was caught. Everything was under control. The Philistines were celebrating. They're going to make this massive celebration, one of the big temples to their god. And the Dagon, which is Dagon is with Dagan, grain. They had a god of grain that that helped them to grow their grain. That it's interesting. Most of the idolatries in those days were based on agriculture, because the biggest fear was that there'd be no food. 
So they would have different gods for food, for rain, for this, for wind, just to make the crops grow. So they had a garden, Dagon, and they had a big temple built in Dagon, and now they're going to have a festival at the expense of Samson, their celebration. They said, our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. The people saw and they praised their God, they worshipped the idol, and uh, the destroyer of our land, the one who increased the number of our slain. And they said, let's call Samson, let him entertain us, he's blind, we're going to make a mockery. And he, they brought Samson in, and they made a mockery of him. He's blind, and they stood him between the pillars. Big mistake. There's two massive pillars in this building. This building, thousands of people inside. All the great people of uh, the Philistines was inside this building, celebrating his vanquishing this uh, enemy, Samson, the Superman. And uh, he tells the lad who is holding him, "Let me go and let me touch the pillars. The building rests. I may lean on them." The building was full of the men, women, all the governors of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were 3,000 men and women watching Samson's sport. Samson calls out to Hashem, my Lord, Hashem, Elohim, remember me, strengthen me just for one time. I will exact vengeance from the Philistines from one of my two eyes. We're going to talk about why did he say one of his two eyes, not both eyes. He, he rested and leaned on the pillars with his right and left hand. And he said, let me die with them. So dead whom he killed in his own death was more than he had killed in his lifetime. He brought down the whole house. It's probably where the saying came from. He brought down the house. And literally he brought, brought down the house. And his brothers and his father's household came and carried him away. And they buried him in a, a, the plot of his father. And he judged Israel for 20 years. So his, his lifetime battle was 20 years. And they had peace for 40 years, which we're going to talk about. You judge for 20 years, why they have peace for 40 years? And the answer is for 20 years after his death, the Philistines were quiet. All the governors were killed. And therefore, they had peace from Philistines for 20 years more. Okay, I want to go through a lot of the background information, which is left out from this very short uh, details of the, of the Torah, the Tanakh, in the book of Judges. And I want to go through them very quickly, uh, the background information. So the story of Samson revolves around three women. <laughs> three women, Samson and three women, three, three women involved in his story, besides his mother. The fourth woman was the most important woman, his mother who gave birth to him. We see also that Samson had brothers. Probably his mother, well, he was just the first son of his mother who was barren for many years. And after he, she had Samson, she had other sons, not of the same caliber in terms of their super, super strength. Uh, they were just regular people. Okay. So um, he was the time of Pilishtim. The Philistines were troubling the Jews. And the first woman he meets is a Philistine woman from the town of Timnah. And uh, on the way to her, he meets this lion and he knocks down the lion. He knows his strength. Now he knows his strength. And he finds out this riddle. Again, he sees the lion with honey inside. He makes up this riddle. He marries this woman. And uh, we had a debate. He was going down to Timnah. Whereas Yudah was going up to Timnah, Yudah was doing a mitzvah, and Samson was engaged in Abirah. However, there's a big discussion in the Gemara, because the Torah says the parents of Samson tried to dissuade him when they passed the vineyard. So what's this vineyard? So in the, in the laws of uh, Jewish law, there's a law called Kelai. You're not allowed to plant anything in a vineyard. You can't plant any grain in the vineyard. It's a law of mixed species. You're mixing species. 
They told him, listen, we're passing the vineyard. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you see the vineyard of the Philistines. It's planted with different crops inside the vineyard, which is mixing the species. So too, the Philistine women are mixed species. What does that mean? They were not careful. Marriage was not consecrated. And therefore their marriages, they can mix around and fool around. And you don't know who the child is, Manzerut. So that's a similar case in having mixed species of, of uh, grape, grain and, and uh, mixing grapes, uh, grape, grain and vine does not mix. So that's what they told her. That's the, that's the uh, symbolism of the vineyard. They passed the vineyard. They told her, they told the Samson, these girls also mix just like the grain is mixed in the, in the vineyard. So he, he, uh, he goes and marries his first wife who he converts and he marries her properly. Um, and then the second woman is the second woman he met who is Isha Zona from Aza, from Gaza. And uh, he knocks down the doors of Gaza and he comes out. And the third woman is Delila. He doesn't say he married her. And she was this, uh, again, she was a girl from the Philistine area of Nahal Sarek. And uh, they got the secret out of her. So three women in his life. So who was Samson? Number one, he was not like any other judge in our history. He was unique. Why? He was a lone raider. He was the lone ranger. He was the one uh, Jewish army personified in one man. He was the one man enemy of the Philistines. He was one man hero of the Jews. They never had to set up an army. They were subservient to the Philistines. They never fought a single war against the Philistines. He was single-handed, right? That's number one. Unique, single-handed. Number two, the whole attitude towards marrying into the enemy to cause confusion. This is unusual. It's totally against what the morality of Judaism stands for. This is wild. And obviously, we have to understand it was the way that God wanted him to do business with the Philistines. In other words, you are using terror against my people. I will use terror against you. The same way you deal with us, the same way we deal with you. That's, uh, that's one of the unique situations. And we don't find this anywhere else in the Torah, this idea of intermarrying in order to cause havoc. This is unique to the story of Samson. Very weird, very weird. Uh, number three, we don't find, even though that he, this is listed, he's listed one of the judges, we don't find any stories in the, in, the, in the Torah of him being a judge. We don't find anyone coming to him with court cases. Although the Talmud says that Samson was a judge and he did judge the people, but we don't have any records in the written Torah. So that's unique among the judges. There's no record of him being a judge. Uh, other, all the other stories of judges, we find it does say he judged the people, but towards the end of the story of Samson, it does say he judged them for 20 years. So we do find that it says he was a judge. We don't find any specific examples of judgment. Number three, he never organized an army. He was a one-man army. And uh, we don't find how he led the Jews as a people. We don't find any examples of him leading the Jews. So it's a very strange story. We just have three episodes, three different women, and there's no records of him leading the people, making an army, um, judging the people. But he was called a judge, so obviously he did. Okay, the, we're going to see uh, later on in our series, Bezrat Hashem, the Talmud says, uh, Yiftach and, and uh, Samson, Shimshon So they were on the same level as Shmuel in their generation. So in other words, the generation was on such a low level, you didn't need such high-level judges. It's interesting. The, the leaders of the generation match the generation. The, if the generation is on a low level, the leaders of the generation match 
the generation. It's such a, you know, you think that the generation on a low level, you need a higher level of leadership. No. The lower level the generation, the lower level leadership we get. The higher the generation, the more we deserve good leadership. So obviously the Jews at that time, as we said in the story, they never did Teshuvah. They never cried out to God. So God sent them a judge on their level. You don't cry out to me. I send you a, an individual who is a one man, one man show. And he's going to do the job for you because he didn't cry out to me. He didn't do Teshuvah. We don't find they cried out. Very, again, that's one thing which is unique in the story of Samson. The Jews never did Teshuvah. I don't have any examples of Teshuvah crying out, which is normally the case in the book of Judges. Okay, so now we have to understand that the, the Philistines were in control and it was impossible to organize an army against them. They probably had spies everywhere. They would come in and maybe they didn't even sell weapons. There was a period of our history where the Jews never had any weapons. We know in the time of the King Saul, again, Saul against the Philistines, it says only King Saul and Jonathan, his son, had real weapons. Everything, everyone else used pruning hooks and uh, agricultural tools to fight, fight the Philistines. The Philistines would not allow Jews to make weapons, no blacksmiths to make weapons. So, so the same thing probably applied in the time of Samson. There was no weapons. The Jews never had weapons. He couldn't organize an army. It was a one-man army with his bare hands, basically. Bare hands and anything he could find in the fields to fight the Philistines. Okay. So that's, and again, very unique we find that he, he used his hands. Okay. Uh, so Shimshon. So why is his name Shimshon? Here we come to a very interesting Midrash. The Midrash says, Abreshid Rabbah. Um, and it says that just like Hashem is unique in the world, so too Samson was unique in the world in terms of fighting by himself. He was unique in the world. Hashem is unique. He is unique. And uh, Hashem is compared to the sun. And Samson is compared to the sun. That's why his name was Shimshon compared to the sun. He was unique, just like God is unique in the world. And just like God does not need help, Samson does not need help. That's what the Midrash says. So his life was a life devoted to saving the Jews from the Philistines, which involved tremendous self-sacrifice. We find he was always on the run. The Philistines were always hunting him. And he would hide in the caves, very similar to King David, hiding from King Saul, and also hiding from the Philistines running around, hunted man, all by himself. And um, so it was really a life of Mesut Nefesh to save the Jewish people from the enemies. He used very unique tactics to do that, but his life was dedicated to saving the Jews and fighting the enemy, the Philistines, which involved him running around, hiding in different places, and even uh, his own people turned against him to hand him over to the Philistines. That was Mesut Nefesh. That was... Um, Sacrifice, self-sacrifice for the Jewish people. The rabbis praise Samson for a few things, and they also denigrate him. They also take him to task for a few things. And uh, the good, what are the good things? The Midrash says that that the spirit of God rested on Samson uh, because it says the when uh, Jacob prophesies about the tribe of Dan, he done nachash. Uh, Dan, the tribe of Dan, will be like a snake on the way, a serpent on the way. So he's talking about the tribe of Dan, he's talking about Samson. And when uh, Jacob prophesies about Samson, he says a very interesting line. I hope for God's salvation. So it says in the, in the prophecy, Yaakov sees the end of Samson's life. He sees his great warrior, the serpent, Samson acts like a serpent going in the midst of the enemy and causing havoc. And at the end of the 
prophecy, Jacob says, Hashem, I hope for your salvation, Hashem. So Yaakov already had these premonitions that Samson is going to be taken down by the Philistines, and he prays for him, prays for the salvation of Samson. Okay, so uh, we're moving on. That's number one. That's how the, the Midrash prays for Samson, prophesied already by Jacob. And uh, he had the Holy Spirit rested on Samson. So again, it says when the Holy Spirit rested on Samson, his uh, locks of hair would bang against each other like and ring like bells. It's a very interesting statement. I don't know how to understand that. But apparently everyone could recognize when, they, when the Hashem's Spirit rested on Samson, his uh, locks of hair would bang together. Very interesting. And uh, Samson could, could pray to Hashem get his vengeance on the Philistines. And uh, he says, remember, I, I was a judge for 20 years and I never asked them for any favors. I was a judge over the Jews for 20 years and I never asked them for even the slightest favor. That was his merit. Sam- Samson's merit was he was independent. He fought for the Jews and never took a single thing from them. Very similar to Moshe Rabbeinu Moses. He says, I never took a single ass. never saw a donkey from them. I never asked for anything. Samson was similar in that respect. He never asked for anything from the Jewish people. He says, I never even asked them to move a stick for me. Nothing was done for me. That's one of my merits. He prays to God. That's my merit. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, Shimshon done Israel Samson judged the Jewish people like God in heaven. Okay. Shimshon al Samson was called by the name of God. As it says, Kishemeshum again, Elohim. David Amenah says in Psalm 84, God is my son, S U N, not S O N. S U N is like the son, the Shemesh, again, Hashem Elohim, and my Magen, my shield, which is where the Magen David came from. The shield of David came from this Pasuk. God is my son, S U N, and he's my shield. So Samson, the word Shemesh, Shimshon, Shemesh, is related to God. God is our shield, and Samson was the shield of the Jews for 20 years, and 20 years after his death. Okay, so very interesting Midrashim. Let's see what the, so the, the, bad, the bad things that they said. Um, they talked about his strength, how he could carry this whole door on his back. It's amazingly strong. The bad, on the other hand, it says, Shimshon, this is very famous. It says he saw the girl and Timnat, and she tells his father, he tells his parents, she is beautiful in my eyes. She's good in my eyes. The Talmud says in Sota, there's like two pages of Talmud on the story of Samson. Very interesting. Um, I don't have time to, to relate the whole story, but very interesting. We have access to look up this uh, Sota, page 9 and 10. And talk about the story of Samson in great detail, very well said and also in the Talmud Yushan, I'm going to quote a little bit of these uh, of what the Talmud says Samson went after his eyes and therefore the, his, his reward or punishment was Mida Kaneged Mida his eyes were taken out by the Philistines, in other words he, he saw this girl, he said she is beautiful in my eyes I'm attracted to her in my eyes the Philistines took out his eyes so Mida Kaneged Mida, person should not go after their eyes Eyes do not tell the whole story. That's we learn from the story of Samson, one of the great lessons from the story of Samson. And uh, and his uh, his uh, his end was not so great. Okay, so he acts on his own. So now the rabbis talk about Delilah. According to the rabbis, 
he fell in love with this woman in Nachal Sorek. And I said to the word Sorek, so rabbis learned from the word Sorek that an uh, Ilan Srak is a tree which is barren. A srak is a tree that does not give fruits. So any tree which does not give fruits is called Ilan Srak. The word Sorek comes from Srak. And just like the tree is a barren, she was barren. What that means, nothing good came out of this woman, Delida. She came from Nachal Sorek. The word Sarak rings a bell. He should have been a warning for him. Nothing good will come out of this woman. It's like a tree that does not bear fruit. Number two, her name, Delila. So rabbis say the word Delila does not come from the word Lila, although it's a very good explanation. I think she was the knight that put out his uh, sun. Uh, she put out his flame. She put out his light. Uh, but it's, it's related to the word Delil. Delil means uh, to water down or to weaken. So rabbis say she diminished Samson in different ways. She diminished him physically, but she found out the source of his uh, strength. She cut off his hair. And she caused him to lower his mental defenses. She got his heart. She weakened his heart. She won his confidence. And the, the divine presence left him. So she weakened his religious abilities. She weakens his spirituality. So she weakened him in three areas. She weakened his strength, the lila. She was she weakened him in strength. She weakened him in uh, his emotional abilities, his heart. She got his confidence. She broke down his barriers, his emotional barriers. And number three is she broke down his spirituality. She took God away from him by cutting off his hair. And so Delila is to weaken, to water down. Uh, till today, we use the word Dalil uh, to water down something. If you have a thick mixture and you water it down, you water down halakha, water, watering something down is allowed on Shabbat. You're allowed to make a thick, thin mixture on Shabbat, not a thick mixture. So you water down mixture is allowed. The word used is Dalil. So interesting, this Dalila came from the word Dalil, which is to water something down to weaken something. And she's the only woman, apart from his mother, uh, even his mother's name is not mentioned in the story, in the, in the Shoftim, in, in the Judges. So it's the only woman whose name is mentioned. So obviously the name has a lot of symbolism, as the rabbis explain. She's the only woman in the, in the stories of these women, the three women in his life, the fourth woman is his mother. None of their names are mentioned, only Delila. Her name is mentioned. But I think it's, it's nice to say she, uh, the word Delila also stands for Lila. She was the knight in his life. She put down his son. Okay. Interesting also, her name of her parents are not mentioned. So... There's no name of her father, mother. She was Delila. Who knows where she came from? She was from uh, Nahal Sorek. But what kind of uh, yichus, what kind of family did she come from? No names mentioned. Interesting. Just mentions her name. With a woman from Timnah, it mentions she had a father. At least it talks about her father and her sister. But over here, Delila, we know nothing about her family history. Nothing. Um, Delila is not called a zona. It's very interesting. She wasn't called a Zona, maybe because she never had multiple relationships. But uh, so Samson, she's not even called a Philistine. But the Talmud says she was a Philistine. Samson is attracted to Philistine women. She has dealings with the Philistine rulers. And uh, she betrays the Israeli hero to his enemies. She betrays terrible thing. She betrays, she's not called his wife either. So he's a casual, I don't know how casual the relationship was. It was a semi-permanent relationship with, with Delilah. She used every possible while, the rabbis say. She harassed him not only verbally, but also physically. When they had relations, she would separate from him towards the end. 
she was a viper, basically. Um, she was a sly woman, and he revealed his secret to her big mistake. Okay, I just want to go through a bit of the Talmud, Tanurabanan. Shimshon Be'enab Marad, Samson's sinned with his eyes, and that's why his eyes were removed from him by the Philistines. Uh, okay, that's number one. Number two, Tanya Rebbe Omer, Tzilat Kilkulo Ba'aza, his first um, evil inclination was in Aza, we saw this Isha Zona, and he had relations with her, the Isha Zona, and therefore he died in Gaza. The Philistine took him to Gaza, to, where he smashed the temple, and he died in Gaza. So he, he sinned in Gaza, his first sin was in Gaza, and he died in Gaza. Terrible. So what goes around comes around. Um, however, there's another pin in the Talmud that says no. It says that the, the, the parents did not know, his parents did not know this is a wish of God. So if I don't say he sinned in Gaza, that was the wish of God. So there's a big discussion in the Talmud. Was Samson doing what's right? Or was Samson doing what's wrong? Two opinions. And then he, he loved this woman in the Chatzorek. Her name was uh, Delila. And that's what the Talmud says. She watered him down in three areas of his life, his strength, his confidence, and his religion, his spirituality. Three, she wore him down. And she removed God's presence from his midst. Um, now, it's interesting, Abaya points out the good part of Samson was he wouldn't say God's name in vain, and that's how she knew that he was telling the truth, because if he said, if you take a right to God, he mentioned the word God, and that's when Danila knew he was telling the truth, and uh, so a few points that Tama makes, and he prays to God at the end. And he says, please, God, remember me now this one time. Let me take vengeance on my enemies with my two eyes. Remember me the 20 years that I judged Israel. I never told a single one of them to pass me my stick or carry something for me. Uh, so it's interesting. So that's the, we said the, the, the credit Samson attuned to himself was the fact that he never asked any Jews to do any work for him. He never took any favors from anyone. And here the Talmud says that uh, Samson is named after God. God was called the son, Hashtabi the Mena called him his son, S-U-N. Samson is the word Shemesh, Shimshon, the word Shemesh. And the Talmud says five people were created in certain images of God. Samson was one of them. The image of God he followed was the strength, the might of Hashem. So he had might, which, uh, which only Hashem can emulate, can, uh, can be stronger than Samson. Samson was stronger than any human being alive. Okay, we're moving on to the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud. It has slightly different uh, things to say. Rabbi Omer, we said this in also the Babylonian Talmud, the same thing. The beginning of his undoing was in Gaza, therefore he's punished in Gaza. Amar Rabbi Shmuel ben Nachman, the first wife he married in Timnata was Derech Nisuin Hayu. They were really, it was really done as a proper Jewish marriage. And uh, so interesting that the first wife was converted. The Talmud says a quickie conversion. And just like the converts of Sam, of uh, Shlomo Merk later on, we have talked about his, uh, many of his wives were foreign women who converted, he converted them quickie conversions, but they were all Basically, they were not true conversions because they still worshipped the idols. So, uh, same thing applies to Samson and his first wife, his first and only wife, 
the other two were fooling around with. Um, all right, Adkama, Adkarmate, so that we talked about, okay. Um, it says that I should take vengeance on one of my eyes from the Philistines. Master of the universe. Give me reward for one of my eyes in this world. In other words, answer my prayer with the merit that the Philistines took out one of my eyes. I sacrifice my, one of my eyes for the Jews. Give me merit in this world so I should be able to knock down this temple and give me reward for the other eye in, in the next world. So in other words, the fact that the Philistines knocked out his eyes was credit to him in terms that he was willing to sacrifice himself for the Jewish people, he was willing to undergo these tortures on behalf of the Jewish people, even though they're involuntary, he was caught for doing a good job, scaring off the Philistines, and they, they, uh, the Philistines abused him. That abuse should be his reward. He says, in the merit of my abuse, one eye in this world should get rewarded in this world by knocking down this building, and my other reward should be in the next world for the other eye that I lost. And he judged Israel. So one, one, uh, one verse says he judges for 20 years. One verse he says he judged Israel for 40 years. So the Talmud has a resolution of this. It says 20 years in his lifetime he judged Israel. And 20 years after his death, there was peace in Israel because he knocked out the Philistines. They couldn't recover for 20 years. So... So uh, he was called a judge for 40 years, even though he's only alive for 20 years. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.